1: I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. We are housed in the Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. Long before there was the written word, our ancestors were sharing stories to preserve heritage, to help understand the world around us, and to keep historical accounts of important events. Today, my guest, Sylvia Lovely, founder of Connecting Our Voices, And Dr. Amy Kostelek, Extension Specialist for Adult Development and Aging, will help our listeners understand the importance of keeping storytelling alive, not just for our personal stories, but for the stories that help build community and connectedness. Welcome, Sylvia and Amy. Thank you so
2: much. Glad to be here.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us, Mindy.
1: Amy, what made you decide that this is a topic that really resonates with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension?
3: Well, you kind of said it in the intro. I mean, you shared that humans have communicated since the beginning of time and they've communicated before reading and writing. They've communicated through story. So I think it's just such a powerful way to really spark connection. And so I've been doing a lot of work in Extension lately with the power of connection, social connection, meaningful relationships, and uh, Sylvia and I crossed paths in another talk that we were giving, and it was funny because we connected through story. I think so much of what happens when you hear someone else's story is that you really start to reflect or at least see ourselves reflected in those stories, and that's kind of what sparks that connection. And so I think that's a way that we reflect on our own self as an individual, but also the way in which we are a member of a, a community at large. So, Sylvia, why should
1: someone um, engage in collecting, curating, and crafting their stories?
2: Well, you know, this is uh, kind of one of those things that I have kind of grown in my understanding and even deepened love for the idea of storytelling. I started, Mendy when I know you and I have a connection somewhere in the past around the state because my work was all around the state. Mm-hmm. And I remember being such a busy person going from city to city. I worked for cities. And one of my mayors one day, a dear mayor, dear friend, and he said, you know, you run into so many interesting people, you should write down their stories. Uh, <laughs> salt of the earth, you know, local, local officials, just people that are just out there doing their utmost to contribute to their communities and their lives. We only hear about the bad stuff, right? We don't hear exactly. about those. Good I said, well, you know what? I have two boys who are eight and 10. I have no time to write stories. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, wait a minute. He said, just take, and this is old school. Index uh, index cards and just write down the bare outline of a story and then come back to them later. Well, my stack of stories is like inches high now uh, <laughs> that I have collected. He said later on when the boys are grown up, you can write those stories. And then lo and behold, I retired from that about 10 years ago and here I am. You know, Perfect. finding myself in in stories, got into that by writing the stories of your life class that I teach for Carnegie Center for Literacy and Learning and uh, for Good Foods Co-op and other folks too, National Alliance on Mental Illness and such. And what I've come to and why I called it connecting our voices. And by the way, Mindy, I have a podcast coming on the Lexington Public Library called Quilting Kentucky Stories because they're a patchwork, right? Sure.
1: We will definitely link that in the
2: show notes, too, so that people get to that that as well. So fundamentally, what I've been trying to do is really work through this because a lot of times when you talk about you should do your story... It's really limited to maybe people in retirement wanting to leave stories for their family. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. But I think it's even more than that. I think it is something that people need to do in their lives, in their daily lives, and and it doesn't have to be that you're going to write a novel or you're going to do something like that. I really think that writing your story and connecting with your own story isn't that fundamentally how we connect to one another. Sure. Uh, that's we're just one story after another. And it's how you gain wisdom if you are attuned enough to your stories to understand in the stories of others. How many judgments have we questioned in ourselves? where you, we, our opinion ran into somebody else's opinion, and we had to work through it. And we used to do more of that. Neighbors okay. over fences kind of thing. Well, we live in an era of unprecedented discord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's something missing out there. And then the next step is, okay, so we have individuals who come together through their stories. Sure. And eventually what happens is they are the members of a community, And together, they build the resilience because you have that kind of thing that's going on within our communities. And I really think that's, at the end of the day, what creates strong, resilient individuals and communities is learning how to capture your story. Now, do you have to be a New York Times writer, (laughs) uh, award-winning writer to do that? No, you don't. Uh, What you need, I think, within communities is leadership to understand how important it is. It's a trend that's catching on in corporate America. People are tired of boring, you know, PowerPoints and that kind of thing. They want to hear the story. People, I'm a restaurant owner in addition to other stuff, but I know that people have lots of places to choose to go eat at restaurants, Mm -hmm. but they'll go where they have an experience, where it's a story in the making. Why you go to a restaurant, you go to mourn, to celebrate, to laugh, to cry, all of those things, because it's breaking bread, it's sharing stories and building small communities. We just need to enlarge it and make it a bigger deal than it is.
1: I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. What do we do when the stories that we are hearing in our communities aren't necessarily the truth?
2: You know, Mindy, that's a great question because I was reading in the paper this week and thinking about this podcast fake, what they call them? Fake obituaries. Oh, yes. That Uh are proliferating. Do you see that? It was Mm -hmm. in the New York Times. And a young man had fallen on the subway tracks and had been run over and killed. And the stories that got created just for the idea of, you know, it's just all made up stuff. Mm -hmm. It wasn't real. And yet there was this outpouring of people for the stories. And I, you know, that's absolutely beleaguering. I mean, I can't, I, I think you start one place at a time, one person at a time, to understand the joy and the kind of aha moment they can have as they cut through the noise. You know, social media is mentioned a lot as a villain and social media kind of is a villain if you don't use it right Mm -hmm. and don't keep your perspective on it. And a lot of people are turning away from it and turning back to doing their own thinking their own stories, and sharing across the fence with the neighbor, and sitting down with people they don't agree with necessarily. And that's, you know, what is it? They call it the big sort. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know what I think about this completely. Haven't thought it through. I don't think that it is all about that this is a giant place in New York City, and that's evil, and all that kind of stuff, and small towns are the greatest. But there's something going on there. When something's too big that you can't get it down to a level where we can talk to one another, form, you know, little small pods of people. And that's, I think, the hope of our smaller communities. And that's what Kentucky is made up of, It's small places. And I think they can show the way, even though uh, our small places have been battered over the years. <laughs> oh, you know, downtowns, Or I remember I worked on that. That was my beat, you know, and, and, uh, and that, I think, is... Probably not a great answer to your question, but it's it's a thinking <laughs> it's, answer to your question. Well, and it is.
1: I mean that it's it's kind of a thinking question for everybody who's listening. Yeah. What what do you do when the stories that you think that you know by heart aren't necessarily the way that it all?
2: Happened? Yeah, and being able to engage with other people and be cognizant of those stories and cognizant of the pathways. To get there and knowing people and, you know, a lot of our institutions are not as strong as they used to be. Church going is not as strong as it used to be. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm just talking about the activity of coming together with people is not as strong as it used to be. So we almost have to invent ways to make that happen and the importance of it.
1: So what is a particular way that I can take a story to help improve my life?
2: Well, one of the things that I do with my classes and my writers retreats, is called the three C's, but there's a D that comes in there at the end. But anyway, I thought three C's, you know, it's easy to remember. So in retreats and in in gatherings, you can teach people a variety of, of ways to do their stories, depending on what they want out of it. There might be wanting to advocate a cause. Maybe that's yeah. a reason that they want to write a story. They may be healing from trauma. I get a lot of that hmm. where um, abusive childhood, things like that. And that's a tricky form of writing, by the sure. way, and teaching it because you have to make sure people know you're not a counselor yeah. or a therapist, you know, because it's not therapy, but it's like mindfulness and a lot of other things. It it makes you focus. And and science tells us that once you put down something on paper, it's almost like a cognitive release mm-hmm. that you put down on paper. Yeah. So, so I begin with Okay, collect your stories. Learn how to be a story listener. Mm. Mm -hmm. Collecting what you hear out there and begin to write those stories. It can be your own stories, but we're not in a vacuum. Our stories relate to the stories all around us. You're hearing a conversation. you, You just learn to listen, and I call that collecting. Collecting is journaling. It's the most basic form of collecting your stories. Everybody should keep a journal and reflect on, you know, whatever it is, gratitude for the day or, you know, just what happened today. Right. Why did I make that decision? Why did I do that stupid thing? Why, why did I do that? And, you know, reflection, self-awareness is such an important part. It's almost hard to explain it. It's so self-evident. Then you move on from that to curate your stories. What are you looking for? Everybody's, you think about a thousand incidents in your life, probably per week. What are the ones that stand out? So when I'm talking to individuals in classes, begin to think about what stories really stand out. If you're a CEO, what's your founder's story? Why are you there? Why are your values not just something written on a page? Why are they important to you and to your company or employees, you know, finding meaning is one reason that people write their stories. Finding meaning is so important because people don't find meaning anymore in the small things that they do. And stories can help you appreciate the meaning in day-to-day life. And just the idea of sitting down with someone over a cup of coffee and how important that is. So that's it. And then, and see crafting. Crafting your story. Now, a lot of people will say, why do I need to craft my story? Why is that important? Mm -hmm. Well, we have attention spans that are about the size of a gnat. (laughs) And so we have to craft our stories so that we capture attention. If it's an important story to tell and we are meaning-making machines as humans, Mm -hmm. then craft it in a way that's going to capture somebody's attention. If your job, if you're advocating for a cause, if you're trying to get um, a playground built, in your town? How are you going to talk about that? How are you going Mm -hmm. to share that story? And then the other thing is the importance of small steps. Oh, yes. Start to recognize in storytelling that the tiniest of things will touch, what is it, in A Wonderful Life? It's A Wonderful Life, the (laughs) Christmas movie. Uh How many lives you touch with your simple, unique story? And then finally, so crafting. And then what I truly love to do, but you know, not everybody's as enthusiastic as I am about it, is actually delivering your story. Okay, And I love that. I love coaching people through delivery. Because <laughs> they're scared to death. What is it they say that people are scared, more scared to do public speaking than to die? Exactly. <laughs> it does resonate with lots of people that
1: they know their story. They think that they have it pretty well put together. But then when they go to deliver it, many people will just freeze up and not have a, a thing to say so yeah. I, I think yeah. you're you're so right that we have to we not only have to practice collecting and curating and crafting mm-hmm. but also we have to practice delivering our stories before we wrap up yeah. are there any last thoughts that you or amy either
3: one want to share well i think i think it's important to also make note of of just the power that story has to engage your brain you know we think mm-hmm. about ways that everyone's always worried about how can I keep my brain more active? So it's do a Sudoku, do a crossword puzzle, right? Because it's challenging. (laughs) But story writing is another way to engage your brain. And I think it's a kind of a fun way to do so because we may put pressure on ourselves. And that's why we need people like Sylvia in our lives to tell us, okay, how do exactly we create and curate and share the story? Because that can be intimidating for people. But once you start that process, I think you realize this is an opportunity to leave legacy you can kind of, you know, share something that is meaningful in your family, or just share a story that people don't know. Sylvia and I have laughed over a coffee about my husband's got these fabulous stories of when he was a kid, and I've encouraged him to write those down because they're going to get lost. No one's going to know those stories. His kids aren't going to know those stories unless they're they're documented somehow. The other is, and, and Sylvia kind of touched on this already, but it's just that reflection on your own journey. Sometimes it takes some sort of journaling or story writing just to be able to sort of make sense of whatever, life transitions, turning points, to just sort of better understand your own journey. Um, and sometimes, like Sylvia said, that could be advocating for a cause that came out of this journey, or it could be healing from a trauma Um, But whatever it may be, that process of story writing has certainly, and and journaling too, you know, is known scientifically to decrease stress, to do things like regulate mood, um, help boost your own self-awareness, security, self-confidence, self-esteem. And I think those are some of the things when we talk about storytelling that we don't always think about, some of the health benefits that come with storytelling. Right.
2: That's right. Uh, Science has proven. There's those, uh, you know, I won't even attempt to uh, say the name of the chemicals in the brain, but, you know, (laughs) scientists know about this and it works. I mean, it shows people going to less often to doctors and all kinds of things. And so it's a wonderful addendum feature uh, attached to any kind of other therapy or whatever, brain science. And then I just want to mention my Quilting uh-huh. Kentucky Stories podcast, sure. and it's people in their own voices. 79-year-old Ritha who is a wonderful writer, wrote beautifully of the era when women couldn't wear pants uh, in elementary school, women teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we our young people don't know about these things. We right. need that tradition. We need to go back. And we need to pull those things into our consciousness today. I do a lot of talking with groups about leadership. And sometimes I get a little tired of the 30,000-foot leadership stuff, you know, when in fact, I remember Mayor Gorman in Hazard, Kentucky, admonishing me one day because I was about to leave the room to get back to Lexington. He was in Hazard. The governor had just spoken. I was rushing out the door because I had a meeting back in Lexington and he stopped me. And he was, I mean, he was an authority figure in Eastern Kentucky. And he said, you're not leaving till you go up and you thank the speaker. I'm like, whoa, okay. You know, not only was he my boss, but that made some sense. Uh Always thank the speaker. You know, it's a tiny leadership lesson, but it's something the younger bunch needed to know. And so I'll never forget that tiny little story. And I'll end with this. If anybody's interested in a wonderful movie about stories? Living. It's called Living. And it's okay. it was an Oscar nominee, I think, that didn't win. But he's this really sad man who's diagnosed with cancer. And he has only six months to live. And he takes up the cause of a small playground. In, I think it's in London or something like that. And he finds such satisfaction in making that small story come true. You know, somebody's dream of a small, tiny little playground. And so, you know, I think of that in our communities. That's what people need to think about. It's not, you know, it's fun storytelling and it's also storytelling with purpose.
1: Sylvia and Amy, thank you both for sharing with me today, sharing your stories
2: and taking the time for our listeners to hear those stories as well. Okay. Can't can't wait. Thank you so much. Nice to re-meet you. Yes,
1: indeed. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talking Facts, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health,